So we're continuing today in our study of 1 Corinthians 15, and Pastor Jared started this series a few weeks ago uh, when he uh, reminded us of two key ideas. He talked about the fact that the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, when we look back on that past event, that really is first the foundation of our faith. Everything that we believe goes back to that moment and hinges on that reality, And because Jesus was in fact raised from the dead, it's not just the foundation of our faith, it is the key to our hope. And so when we look at, kind of look back on the resurrection of Jesus Christ as a historical event that actually happened, the tomb was actually empty, we look back and we realize that is the foundation of our faith and that is the key to our hope. Last week, I asked us not to look back at the resurrection as a past event, but to look forward to what the resurrection was actually producing at the end of time. And we said that at the end of time, Jesus will have everything brought under his authority, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And in that moment, Jesus will give the fully realized kingdom of God to his Father. And in that moment, God will be God over everything. And we said that this calls us as God's people to be people of hope, right? Because no matter what's going on in the world, no matter how broken and lost and and difficult things might be, we can, as God's people, look to the end and we know that there is a day coming when God will be God over everything. And in that moment, every wrong will be made right. Every injustice will be fixed. Every tear will be wiped away from our eyes. And the world will be set right again when God is God over everything. So we ought to be people of hope. And we said last week, not only should we be people of hope just waiting for the end to come, but we ought to be engaged in missional discipleship because if God is going to be God over everything, we ought to participate in the future now by making God God over our lives in the present day. That's discipleship. And we ought to be inviting everyone that we know into a relationship with Jesus where they make him Lord of their lives so that God can be God over their lives right now. Why would we wait for the end to come when we could experience a taste of the end right now? If the end is going to be so wonderful, so glorious, so amazing, why would we not Try to live at least in a little bit of that reality right now. This is why Jesus said, come follow me. That's discipleship. And I will send you out to fish for people. That's mission. You and I are called to engage in missional discipleship. Because one day, God will be God over everything. So if last week we talked about what will happen for God at the end, what happens to us at the end? And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I'm calling this message the ultimate hope. And uh, what we're going to talk about today is going to be a little, maybe a little bit deeper of a conversation I used to have a teacher when I was a kid in elementary school, and when she was going to teach us something that she thought would be hard for us to learn, she would preface her teaching by saying this, I need you students to put on your thinking caps 
Anybody else have a teacher who said something like that? Yeah. So students, I'm gonna need you today to put on your thinking caps. It's gonna be just a little bit deeper of a conversation maybe than we would have on a Sunday morning, but I think it's important because the Bible teaches what I'm gonna share with you today, and I think there are really significant implications for how we live our lives day by day and moment by moment. And this message that we're gonna talk about today really deals with our funeral theology. What do we believe when we go to the funeral home and we stand next to the casket of a loved one, someone who is near and dear to our heart? What is it that we believe as followers of Jesus Christ that makes us unique from anyone else in the world? What is a distinctly Christian belief about what happens when we die and what will happen to us at the end of time. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. So put the thinking cap on and let's, let's dig in. I think there are three truths that we must understand as followers of Jesus Christ when we think about what happens when we die and what happens at the end of time. And I want to share them with you this morning because I think these three truths shape our funeral theology. Number one, we believe in life after death. Now, this is not something that if you've been around the church for a long time, you're like, what? We believe in life? Of course, you know that if you've been around the church for a while. We believe in life after death. We watch people who come to a close of their life on this planet. Their, their life kind of ebbs away. Sometimes that happens instantly and tragically and, and almost automatically, just like this snap of a finger and that person's gone. And other times... We watch people over a period of months or even years come to the close of their life on this earth. And what happens is as their life on this earth comes to a close, we as followers of Jesus Christ do not believe that death is the end. We do not believe that that is the conclusion of this person's existence. We believe that the final breath on this earth is the first breath of the life to come. That when a person dies on this earth, they have never been more alive because now they're alive in the presence of the Lord. So we believe in life after death. So when we stand next to the casket at the funeral home, we look down and we see the body of our loved one and we know that while their body is there in the same room where we are, they as a person are not there. We believe that they are alive in the presence of the Lord, which brings me to the second truth that we need to understand in our funeral theology as followers of Jesus Christ. And the second truth is this, we believe that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Now, this is important for us to understand because the scriptures teach it. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 8, Paul says, when we are away from our earthly bodies, then we are fully at home with the Lord. Another translation literally says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, which is why Paul can say in another place, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You can't beat a person like that. Let them live, they live fully for Jesus and they accomplish his kingdom mission. Kill them and they see it as gain because they're in the presence of the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But here's what we've done in the church. We, we have kind of mixed up what happens when a person dies. And I hear it all the time and, and that's why we're talking about it because we need to make sure we have right belief. Not just any belief, not just beliefs that we think comfort us, but actual Christian beliefs founded in the scriptures. And so people will talk about when their loved one dies, they're in heaven now, and I would beg to differ. And now some of you are thinking, what in the world is wrong with our pastor? If by heaven, you mean the place Jesus is preparing for us, I do not think we can go there when we die because Jesus himself said that the only way we will get there is when he returns to take us with him to the place that he is preparing. So if by heaven we mean my father's house has many rooms and I'm going there to prepare a place for you and I will come back and take you to be with me where I am. If that's what we mean by heaven, that's not where we go when we die because Jesus has not returned yet. Unless we missed it. And then we might need some other sermons if we've missed it. Jesus has not returned yet. And yet we have the teaching of 2 Corinthians 5, 8, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And we have Jesus on the cross looking at the thief and saying, today you'll be with me in paradise. So what happens when we die? When we die, we leave our physical bodies. And in that moment, as a disembodied soul, we no longer have a body. It's there in the casket. We are now present with the Lord. This is why the early church talked about people who died as being asleep in the Lord because their bodies were left here and their souls were somewhere else with the Lord. People who die are called blessed if they die in the Lord. You know why? Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But also when you're present with the Lord, you're awaiting the future hope of the Christian. And some of you are like, what other hope could there be? I I lived for the Lord. I died for the Lord and I'm with the Lord. What else is there to look forward to? Well, that brings me to the third truth that we need to understand, that we believe as Christians in the resurrection of the body. We believe in the resurrection of the body. Do you know why we believe that? Because Jesus was raised from the dead, not as a disembodied spirit. His body 
was raised from the dead. That's why when they went into the tomb, his body wasn't there. It's not because it evaporated. His body wasn't there because the spirit of God raised it back to life again. And Jesus forever has a body. That's why he could show Thomas, look at the scars, Thomas, because he was raised from the dead. Now he wasn't raised and given a normal earthly physical body. It was a, it was a heavenly body, a body that had been clothed with immortality, but it was a body. And so from that day forward, from the very first Easter until today, we in the Christian church have proclaimed in our creed that we believe in the resurrection of the body because Jesus Christ was first raised from the dead and we as his followers will be raised from the dead one day too. The Christians don't have just one hope when we die that when we die, we're with the Lord, we get two hopes at the end. Two hopes. We get the hope of being with the Lord immediately in his presence until the end comes. But one day, a trumpet will sound. And when that trumpet sounds, Jesus Christ will return to this earth. And when he returns to this earth, everybody who has died in the Lord will be raised again from the dead bodily. And everybody else who remains, those of us who didn't get to walk through the doorway of death, we will be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And forever we will be in God's presence in the place that he has prepared prepared for us. This is the ultimate hope of the Christian. Yes, you can die today without fear if you're a follower of Jesus, because when you die, you will be with the Lord. But while you're with the Lord, you're going to be waiting for that trumpet to sound. And it's going to sound. I don't know when. It could be five minutes from now. It might be five years or 500 years. It might even be 5,000 years. I don't know when the trumpet will sound, but it's gonna sound. And when it sounds, the dead will be raised. And some of you say, well, what difference does that make? I mean, isn't it enough just to know we're gonna be with the Lord? And besides, after we die, it'll all just work itself out, right? So why do we need to even care about this? Why, why do we need thinking caps in church? Well, because the resurrection of the dead when Jesus returns is actually essential to the kingdom of God being fully realized. Jesus has been raised from the dead, but the rest of us who die, our bodies get buried in the ground and they stay there. And so even though we might say, look, Jesus died on the cross, our sins can be forgiven, we can be set free, praise God, the enemy says, ah, but, but death still won. They, they couldn't actually be raised from the dead like Jesus. Look, their bodies are all in the ground. And that's why 1 Corinthians 15 says, the last enemy to be defeated is death. Because when Jesus returns, he will actually defeat death, not just in his own body, but in every 
body. He will defeat death. And in that moment, the full victory of God, which was won on the cross and in the empty tomb, will be fully realized at the end. And in that moment, sin will have lost all of its power. Death will be defeated so that what is written will be true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. And Jesus is king. And he's going to take that kingdom and give it to his father. And God will be God over everything in that moment. I'm almost out of time. In fact, I probably am out of time. But I got two implications for us, which I think are really, really important. And the first is this. We need this truth today because we are called by God to live a hopeful life. Called to live a hopeful life. I think we have smashed the two hopes of a Christian together into one. And I want to encourage you uh, to pull those two things back apart again. And let's, let's be people of the double hope. When we die, we're going to be present with the Lord. To live is Christ, to die is gain. And we ought to celebrate that. But we also ought to celebrate that there's a day coming when the trumpet of God will sound and Jesus will return and the dead will be raised and in that moment, death will be swallowed up in the victory of God and the kingdom will be fully realized and God will be God over everything, even over death. We ought to be people of the double hope. And you say, why does that matter? Well, because... Sometimes, not Christians in this church, but in other churches, there are Christians who can be really pessimistic, discouraging, sad, grumpy. Not in this church. I'm talking about other churches right now. And I want to just call all of us to be people of hope. We serve the victorious God. And he will defeat death, hell, sin, and the grave. What's your problem again? I know life is hard, but God is victorious. Let's be people of hope. In fact, I want to call us as a church to be the most hopeful people in Grant County. I want when people interact with us, I want them to just sense hope born from the victory of God. That we believe anything is possible because God has won the victory and we know him and we serve him and we live for him. Live a hopeful life. The second thing I think this calls us to is calls us to live a holy life. In the early church, there was a false teaching that came up. And when you read Paul's letters carefully, you'll see him addressing this issue in his letters. And the false teaching that came up was the false teaching of Gnosticism. Gnosticism, uh, we could spend a lot of time talking about it. I'm going to try to say it as quickly and succinctly as I can. Gnosticism believed that, that there was a divine spark, a, a part of God that was placed inside of your spirit as a human being. 
And your job, if you wanted to really kind of become everything you were supposed to be, is to fan that spark into flame and grow your knowledge and understanding of God spiritually. Now, all of that sounds okay until you get to the other part of Gnosticism, which is the really, really dangerous part. Gnosticism said it's all about what happens spiritually in you so your body and the physical reality of who you are and the material world is really no good. It's of no value. So you, it's gonna die and rot and decay. And so you can, as long as you're kind of cultivating this spiritual knowledge, you can do whatever you wanna do with your body. You wanna go down to the temple and have sex with the prostitute? Go right ahead. That's just a physical thing. As long as you're cultivating a spiritual knowledge of God, you can do as you please with your body because your body's just gonna be discarded at the end and it's of no value. This is not the teaching of the Christian church. When God created human beings, he created them body and soul and when he created them as that one being, body and soul together, he stepped back and said, that is very good. And he wasn't just talking about the spiritual part of your life. He was talking about your physical body. It is good. And the Christian faith has always been an embodied faith. It is meant to be lived in and through our bodies. This is why Paul says, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Don't go down to the temple and unite your body with a prostitute because you would be connecting Christ to evil. Why would you do that? You see, the Christian church believes that your body matters. And it doesn't just matter in this moment, it matters at the end. That's why God is gonna resurrect it. Because the Christian faith is an embodied faith. The body is not just a disposable container for the part of you that really matters. Your body is who you are, where your soul lives. And one day God is gonna raise you from the dead bodily. And if you don't die before that time comes, he's just gonna change you in an instant and in a moment. All of that to say this, Romans 12 is exactly right. In view of God's mercy, you should offer your body to the Lord. This is your spiritual act of worship. Don't be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world. Because you know what the world says right now? You can do whatever you want to do with your body. It doesn't matter what is true about your body. You can change those truths just by thinking different thoughts or making different proclamations. And when it comes to your sexual ethics, just do whatever gives you pleasure. That's what the world says. But not in the Christian church because our faith is an embodied faith. We offer ourselves to God, every part of who we are, not just our hearts, but our physical bodies to him. And I am calling us not just to be the most hopeful people in Grant County, but I'm calling us as a church to be the most holy people in Grant County. And when people look at our church, 
They see people who have sold out to God. Living sacrifices all across our congregation of people who are living every moment of every day in every situation and in every circumstance, whether people are watching you or not, you live your life in your body for Jesus because it matters. Jesus Christ died and he was raised again. And because of that, we can live for Christ and we can die for Christ. And when we die, it's gain. And we can experience life after death to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. But we can also experience life after life after death. When our bodies are raised from the dead and we get to spend all of eternity with God. And so between now and that glorious day, let us be hopeful Christians and holy Christians for the glory of God. So Father, I pray for every single one of us today that we would take this truth to heart, that you would use the teachings of scripture and you would plant them deep inside of us and that they would change the way we live our lives. Would you give to us an awareness of the double hope and make us the most hopeful people on the planet? And would you remind us that what we do with our bodies matters and would you make us holy by your grace and your power and your spirit and through our hope and through our holiness would you bring glory and honor to yourself and accomplish your purposes. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.